I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired December 7th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jim Crone and none other than Logan Daniel. Uh, these guys are are uh, certified beyond anyone's mm-hmm. understanding, belief. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are in for a treat. You got it covered. That's right. Uh, Logan is a holds a he's a what? How they do it? CFP certificate. That's right. Yep. And he also holds the uh, CRPC designation. Is that, did I get that, that one is, right? That is correct. Troy. Wow, I passed the test. Yeah. So tell us, Logan, what is that? The CRPC is the Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. Okay, so, so with kind of goes the, in hand in hand with the CFP. Yeah. Kind of specializes in retirement planning. Okay. So pretty oh. relevant here. When you're talking about financial planning, now it can be planning for just about anything, college, um, retirement, um, various other things, maybe Mm -hmm. even, you know, big uh, consumption items into the future, right? It's basically everything to do with financial planning. That is correct. All right, and uh, Jim Crone. Jim, Mm. I always love to mess with you about this. (laughs) Uh, you, You have a clue. Yeah, that's what they tell me. I had to pay money for that. <laughs> you have to bought it. You yeah, bought I a bu- clue. I did. Yeah. Put a lot of time, energy, and effort, and and I end up buying one. So you for, you have to. You, I mean, there's some education there. Too, there is. Yeah. Uh, it took me a good while. Ten ten courses that take me all the way through related to insurance. 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 So Jim does a lot with insurance around Hensler Financial, mm-hmm. as well as other firms. Uh, Jim uh, is kind of an independent of sorts, uh, yeah. more so than the rest of us on this show. We've had a long relationship with Hensler. It dates back probably 15 years now. Yeah. And uh, at various points in time, we've been in the firm, uh, and then we've pulled off and then separated away. You <laughs> yeah, that we did that. <laughs> Bring you back in. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, currently, we do have a, an independent firm that's been set up. Yeah. It's got myself, partners, that we have uh, maintained great relationships here. And then the strategies that you have here are the same ones that darn near every planning firm and client sure. typically runs into. Right. And, and so we've just figured that... Uh, it's a broader reach that gets us to other clients that are in Florida and Texas and so on. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jim, not only do you have a clue, yeah. but you also are a certified fund specialist. Yes. I always like to make fun of you being a certified yeah. fund specialist. You know, I was mentioning earlier, I have to recertify that this year. This oh, is yeah. the time of year where you got to go, you know, make sure you got all your CE credits and you pay the fees. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. yeah. By the end but, of the year. As you pointed out, it's certified fund with a D, and yeah. 
I, you, we've joked about it. Maybe I need to throw in some more CE credits on the fun side. Oh, yeah. But learn to how to do, sure. like, clown makeup. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, talk, there you go. You're going to be doing kids' birthday parties <laughs> before you know it. Yeah. And That's insurance. Can you, you insure <laughs> a kid's birthday party? We'll cover it all. We can tie it all together. Have fun yeah, with why it. Why not? Why not? All right. Well, uh, we will talk a good bit about insurance when we have uh, Jim on the program. We like to, uh, I mean, Anybody that has listened to me for more than five minutes knows that uh, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of annuities. And uh, uh, yeah. Jim, I mean, you you don't have a long history of annuities either, right? Right. Um, That's right. But uh, they do have purpose once in a while, and yeah. uh, you know we we talk about those from time to time. So uh, you've got to be kind of an anomaly in the. Uh, industry financial planning and and uh, investing yeah. wherein you aren't the the big advocate of uh, annuities some people use annuities as their retirement program right too many times yeah. we bump into that you know it's unfortunate that uh, the vast majority of the scenarios that we bump into are ones where there's a misalignment between a client objective as it was either originally stated or currently stated and the product. Right. And sometimes we've found that we can realign it and get it to a place where it's better than it was. But um, too many times it's totally misaligned where a client says they want this, this, and this, and they end up with a product that does that, that, and that. Yeah. And they don't understand. And they they don't. And there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. They can be confusing. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, Jim, I do know that you have uh, have done a great job educating uh, the folks around Hessler Financial mm-hmm. as well as our clients and, and uh, doing quite a bit of work to uh, to help folks uh, do just as you said, align the yeah. products they've bought in the past with uh, with truly their goals. So, right. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk a little about the stock market. This week uh, has not been the best of weeks. We've uh, lost 1.15% over the last few days. Uh, That goes back to, you know, we had uh, Thanksgiving in the last uh, week, and um, looks like there are some positive, but there's only two consumer staples and utilities have actually uh, gained over the last week, uh, 32 basis points gain for uh, consumer staples, which is 0.32%. And uh, utilities are up 0.21%. In the basement, industrials losing 2.8%. And consumer discretionary, which is all the fun stuff that we like to buy, right? Uh, 2.12%. You would think with Black Friday kicking so hard (laughs) that we would have done a little better. Right. uh, Cyber Monday. Yeah. What's the outlook? For the retail? Uh, well, it, it all depends, and I really believe it's too early to say. Uh, they're, they're giving us indications that they had good Black Friday sales, mm-hmm. and they had uh, good Cyber Monday sales. The the part that all the retailers are talking about is I think it's six days fewer this year uh-huh. uh, than, than uh, it has been in recent years uh, as far as, you know, retail sales days. Right. Uh, so they're all crying a little bit, and it really does make a difference. That just is interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, is a, that six days plays real money, right? It, it really does, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, um, they say the UPS and FedEx will be put to the test to well, you see know, if they it, can get it. You know, you know what's been strange over the last probably five or six years, UPS came out when we first started hearing noise about uh, all this e, e-tailing, the, the e-commerce retails, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they overdid it the first year. 
you know, they were ready to, to go all in, but they overcommitted and they spent too much money, so they got beaten up for that. So the next year they backed off a little bit, and they underdid it. <laughs> and they were having managers working right up to the to the uh, deadline. You know, when Christmas Eve, you got managers at UPS out riding the trucks and doing so, what they yeah. can. Talk about a misalignment. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, in, in I think in the last couple of years, they've actually gotten a lot better at it. But that truly is, you know, it has been a lot for them to manage and figure out. So... Um, as we continue our slide toward uh, more e-commerce uh, driven consumption, it uh, it has been kind of a trick, and you know they they um, are are starting to get the hang of it. Um, if you look now year to date since uh, since the year began, the S and P 500 is up 26.66 percent, and everything, all the sectors are positive. The only one that is almost not is uh, energy, and it's up. 4.93%, information technology up 41.7%, uh, commu uh, communication services, wow, I almost messed up, <laughs> Camus, <laughs> anyway, 30.09%, financials up 2792 so, um, you know, who could complain about, about uh, year-to-date returns, if you look since uh, this time last year, and if you, you don't recall it, it's probably for the better. But, uh, you know, last year between September 20th and December 24th, we had a huge slide in the yeah. market, uh, lost almost 20%. But if you look over the last 12 months now, 17.77% gain uh, in the S&P 500 overall. Information technology still the big leader, 32.12% gain. Communication services again, uh, number two gaining 24.42%, but if you look at energy, it did slip off into the negatives. If you measure from uh, from 12 months ago, uh, negative 7.77% in health care. Hmm. For the longest time this year, uh, really trailed. It's up uh, over the last 12 months, but it's only 8.87%, which is approximately half of what the, the overall S&P 500 did uh, during that same period. So um, interesting things to look at. Uh, we did get some information this week on uh, a few economic um, indicators, one of which uh, was the manufacturing index. And if you look at that one, um, we do see some struggles continue with uh, weakness in the global economy uh, and, and past appreciation in the U.S. dollar as well as trade tensions, which have made uh, the survey slip from 48.3 in October down to 48.1. Anything that's less than 50 in this particular indicator shows contraction. So uh, you could start making the argument that we're seeing contraction, which is kind of akin to recession in manufacturing. So uh, not uh, the best of signs. I guess if there is good news there, it's that... Uh, we have more of a services economy in the U.S. these days, and uh, and that has is a bit more healthy than yeah. manufacturing. But manufacturing is highly correlated with uh, kind of what we uh, what we deal with on a, a normal economic basis. So, uh, if you'll stick around, we'll be right back and talk about a dog of the week. Don't touch that dial. We're listening to Money Talks.
This is this is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week that's not really a dog, and you guys know I always like to make these things into a enjoyable time. Uh, well, you know, it is a little bit off the cuff, but I still tie it back in. It's either economics, technology. This one is uh, definitely some way. technology, but it's timely technology. So mm-hmm. uh, the Tennessee Aquarium has uh, has hopes that they're going to draw some attention with their electric eel. They've got a freshwater electric eel that they have connected mm. some electrodes to the tank that it lives in and it gives off a shock and they're using it to light a christmas tree no kidding no that's that's pretty cool i think it is good timing of that uh the the electric eel has a name you guys ready for this rudolph no come (laughs) on that'd be too obvious No, nope. Uh, uh, Miguel Watson. That's with two T's. <laughs> w a t t s o n. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Miguel over there. When uh, when he enables uh, his shocks, they've tied together some technology um, with uh, the um, Tennessee Tech University has figured this out for him. Uh, so that you know, anytime he uh, he gets hungry or, you know, there's various times when he gives off more electrical, uh, uh, what do you call it, I guess, current yeah. than uh, than at others. And that's when you start seeing the tree flicker a little bit or whatever. But he also tweets. No. Yes, he has a Twitter account. Of course he does. And uh, when he does it, when he starts getting a little bit uh, frisky, I guess we can call it. Uh, he tweets out statements like Shazam <laughs> or uh, I hope Kabla- he spells Kabla- it correctly. Well, how do you spell that? <laughs> yeah. Kablamaroo. <laughs> yeah, who knew well, that folks, Yeah, they're just making up words. Let's yeah. face it. It's it's not much of that. But, uh, you know, if you were an electric eel, uh, you'd probably speak your own language anyway. So they just you, you kind of had fun so. with it. I have to say, that's been a long time since I've been back to the Tennessee Aquarium. That might make me want to go. Right? There you go. It hey, might be um, worth the trip before. And, yeah. and that was the point of doing any of that to begin with. So uh, there you go. They've got uh, they've got hopes that the Christmas tree will spark love and appreciation for the freshwater electric eel. So it's the eel of the week, not the dog of the week. Exactly. <laughs> that Jim, he follows along, man. You can't can't get anything yeah. past the certified fun specialist. And I have a clue. And a man with a clue. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, as much fun as talking about electric eels and Christmas trees is, let's uh, move on. We're we're actually supposed to be focused on some financial stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we are, we do have a situation we wanted to talk about. Um, this week we've got uh, Lauren, who, like many investors, is uh, not looking forward to their RMD. And we talk yes. about ways to try to uh, avoid being forced into income from uh, from the government's IRA situation or 401k. Um, and uh, in in this particular case, she's interested in a QLAC. Yeah, now, bless you. <laughs> QLAC, that is a qualified longevity annuity contract. Way we get go. an insurance guy on the on go. the show, and we got to talk about some sort of an annuity. Jim, uh, I'm going to kind of get out of your way on this, but it is yeah. involving 
uh, an individual retirement account. Correct. And there, there is a way that um, you can kind of soften the blow, and maybe even yes. if you're fearful that you might outlive your money, you can actually take uh, take a step in the right direction using this QLAC. Right? Correct. Absolutely. So this particular uh, type of a contract has come into an existence, come into an existence uh, from IRS guidelines in 2015. Okay. Prior to that, there had been these contracts have been available in the non-qualified world for many years and have been used successfully uh, as the, the arena for um, retirement dollars. The pensions have essentially gone away. Right. Some of these have been used in that context where clients that have a deposit that they think about and they want to translate that from a market-oriented focus to something where they know they have a guaranteed income. Right. Uh, that's the idea that originated way back when these started as a non-qualified asset. Okay. They've come into existence in 2015 through IRS regulation that now uh, they are available through IRAs, and the vast majority of the ones that we have conversations about focus on um, people that recognize that they don't necessarily want or need any of their RMD calculation. That's okay. sort of the driving starter of the conversation. All right. And then this allows for a repositioning of an asset inside of IRAs where you're now going to buy a contract so it doesn't necessarily take it out of a qualified plan. It's still a qualified plan. It's just a different Different type plan. of account. Yeah, okay. And it's an annuity that will... Uh, set up a situation where you can put in as much as 130000 assuming that that's at least uh, no more than 25% of your account. Okay. So there's a cap on all these. And all right. so the allowance is you can move $130,000 into this. That takes it out of the RMD calculation, and it sets up a situation where you can establish a guaranteed income stream at some point in the future. Right where you have to begin by age 85. Okay. You have to begin your income by that. vast majority of the ones we're talking about are there, going to start a, around 70, 75. Yeah, is there a minimum age? Um, no. I, I think anybody can. I think anybody can. can but contribute to one. I don't know if it would make sense. I, that, that was where um, I was going with that. I think the one thing I think is important to recognize is that when you make this transfer into this QLAC, uh, that dollar figure, in fact, does not grow. So the $130,000 okay. deposit, you won't see an account growth on that $130,000. Right. But depending on how you structure your, your income stream, so all of these are established at the time you do it. So if I'm currently 60, and if I'm thinking, gosh, I don't want to have to fool with RMDs, yeah. uh, at, whenever they're available, I want to... Uh, take advantage of one of these transition options and the $130,000. So so since the requirement doesn't kick in until 70 and a half, you would probably wait until sometime closer to that there. age. Yeah, yes. Okay. I completely So you agree let with the that. money grow until you're yes. getting close to when they're going to force you to take your required minimum uh, distribution. Very true. And then you you use this strategy. You use this tool and um the way to maybe think about this is they're going to give you a benefit of what I like to characterize as a fair fixed income kind of return 
not on your deposit, but on your income. So if if you're a 75-year-old uh, a person and you deposit a certain figure and your income stream is, let's say, 6%, mm-hmm. if you had done this particular strategy and used a QLAC, you might now move from a 6% income stream to a 64 6.5% income stream because of having the benefit of having given the company, the insurance company, the use of your money over the next okay. 20 or, or, excuse me, four or five, six years. Well, so what, knows, if you, right? what if yeah, you buy in at, let's say, 65, and you originally thought you wouldn't need the money until 75, but come a couple of years down the road, something happens. Something happens. Can you get your money out or at least start a draw? It's a great question. So there are certain companies that... Uh, first, the, the contract is established at the time you do it. So you, you have to think about when you want your income. So if you're starting, you, your contract says, I'm starting at age 75. There are companies that will allow for uh, a one-time re, repurpose of that. Mm-hmm. You can roll it five years ahead. So you can move it from a 75 income stream to a 70. Conversely, you can also if you get to age 75 and you say, gosh, I really don't need this income right now, you can roll it back to a, up mm-hmm. to age 80. Mm-hmm. So you got a window so upon your contract start date. You can roll it in one direction or another one time. Okay, just uh, a single time. Just one time. Okay. So you do lose some flexibility then with <clears throat> your money, yeah. like with other annuities. That's again. right. So it is important. You know, These are dollars that are going to get locked up. Mm-hmm. Right, they're not going to grow for you because yeah. they're, they're they're outside. Well, it's like of you that. said though. If it's you know, this is usually a strategy you're going to use if you're trying to push, hmm. um, if you're trying to push that RMD back or right. or try right. to avoid it. Yes, you know, if you so a you don't need the get, income. Yeah, that's a big right. part of it. And it can save you if let's say you put 130 based off the tables, saves you about five thousand annually in income taxes, not taxes in ordinary income. So it can help out the tax bracket it definitely a little can, bit. And that's the concept about why it's becoming a more and more attractive, at least something to think about. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is interesting is a lot of times I'll get a question about, well, gosh, what happens if you die before accessing any of the fund, any of the income? And reality is you would only receive back whatever you deposited. So you would get back your original deposit of 130000 Yeah. All right, well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish talking about these QLACs. You're listening to Money Talk. For all your financial needs, this is Money Talks. We're back. Listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here this week with Jim Crone and Logan Daniel, and we've been talking about QLACs. And guys, before we get back into that, um, if anybody has questions for us, we would love to hear from you. In fact, you can call us on our question hotline. The number is 1 855 429 9166. The way it works, you call, get our voicemail, leave your message including your question we play the question on the air and we'll answer right behind it Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being you can call in uh, the number there is 770-429-9166 you ask for kelly lynn or the radio show you will be connected and uh, give her your information 
and um, we will also answer those questions on the air. And if you don't want to use your phone in that way, you can just email us. How about that? There you go. And yep. uh, the email is drgene at hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, you can uh, ask your question there. We'll do the same thing, get your answers. Uh, and then if you just want to answer your own question and don't want to bother with the radio, it's okay, too. We've got a, a website, Hensler.com, again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, we've got lots of good financial information downloaded. You can go and figure that out. Don't go on there looking for how an electric eel is going to light up your Christmas tree, though. <laughs> you can just, we, we, I should, mean, we should post a link to that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have to ask me, I'm no engineer. It's magic. That's how that works. <laughs> That's all I can say. Tell your five-year-old it's a magic trick. Christmas <laughs> magic. Exactly. It's Christmas magic. Yeah, and then uh, figure out the other magic trick and pull a quarter out of his ear or something. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, I, and if you need help with that, I think that fun specialist, <laughs> I mean, that's where that kicks that's, in. We have to do extra training for that. Do you? Yeah, yeah, of course we do. <laughs> Hmm. All right, Jim. Uh, so uh, when when we were talking last, we were talking about this uh, qualified longevity mm-hmm. annuity contract that you can actually purchase with funds from your IRA. Right. Uh, there are some limits we've gone over. So yes. $130,000 is the max limit. And it's also got a secondary limit. It can only be 25% of the funds that you have saved Correct. within your IRA. So if you've got more than uh, $560,000, it's not going to matter. 20% or 130000 So 25% uh, is the cap. 25%. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and and uh, $130,000. Exactly. And um, that gets you several things. It, it allows you to either manage um, your required minimum distribution if you're over 70 and a half, where the government starts telling you that you've got to give them uh, a certain percentage based on uh, uh, the assets at the end of the previous year and and um, uh, talk about magic. It's the calculations that uh, that they use from uh, from uh, tables that the IRS has. Um, and then you know you can you can set this QLAC yeah so that you receive. Uh, money for basically the rest of your life. Correct. Uh, there's another option too, right, Jim? Yeah. So, um, contrary to say the 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 income annuity options that are in the in the non-qualified world, uh, these actually, which which have probably five or six different uh, options. Once you're in the QLAC version, you get one of two choices. Okay. You can either do a life only which basically says that the deposit creates an income stream and will pay out for one's, an individual's life. Now, that's not an equal annual payment, or is it? And it no. grows a little? No. So once you use the life-only option, uh, all the parameters are established at the time you write the contract. So okay. current age, and if you establish an income stream at let's say seventy five beginning at seventy five beginning at seventy five there's a there's an annual flat you can do it monthly quarterly semi annual or annual but you you're going to have the same number paid for the rest of your individual life okay so, so can you get an inflation rider 
Um, do they yeah, have those out there? actually, they are. So they they, are. That's a recent innovation with some of these. When they first came out uh, back in 2015, they were pretty bland. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to do a little bit of this and that and a little extra yeah. juice on it. But when I say extra juice, I mean you're talking about a 3% inflation rider. Right. You know, you can, you can see that. But but most often it's it's done where you get a level guaranteed income stream for the rest of your life. And, and, it, and no remainder. Right? Yes, so that would be option A, which is a life only, where if you died the day after you took your first distribution, unfortunately you've lost the balance of yeah. whatever is there. Sounds a lot like Social Security. Right? <laughs> There's something Maybe about just that. Like it. <laughs> now, the other side of that coin, though, is that you're going to get a higher income stream because of that risk that okay. you're bearing. Right. Right? You, the individual. Right. Uh, if you want to push the transfer of that risk to the insurance company, uh, there is a there's a version of this called a um, uh, cash refund, where that essentially says your original deposit creates the income stream, and if if at age 75 you take your first payment and you happen to pass, your family will receive the original balance of the 130. Okay. Minus whatever payments you might have ever received. But if you lived beyond 75 That's and continue, there's the magic. Yeah. So yeah. so you still get that payment. That's and, right. And your heirs get to. Uh, inherit a portion as well. That's right. So that's the that's the upside is that you're all of these are betting that you're going to live a while. Right. You're going to outlive the the use of that one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Sure. Or whatever amount. Right? Whatever whatever translates mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So that's boy, I tell you, that's where you win rather than the sure. insurance company. Live long. Live long and prosper. <laughs> and prosper. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you just did that uh, Spock thing. Didn't yes, you? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So th- there are some um, avenues that these can be interesting to have a conversation with a client about. What I've found is um, for the ones that have larger IRA accounts, um, they don't typically give the move the needle. In terms of the tax impact of moving the 130,000, it's a nice thing. It just doesn't have a lot of the resonance that is there for somebody to have a big jumping up and down about. For the client who might have just more limited funds in an IRA, that has a lot more relevance in a planning conversation because we're looking at uh, maybe having them uh, one make sure they have an out they, they can't outlive an income stream sure mm-hmm. and that's where it becomes more more valuable sure yeah so you're so. basically looking for the smaller client size that maybe yeah, r- risk averse to the market and has longevity yeah and maybe they're a little bit more diverse right they don't have all their funds tied up in a in an IRA they might have more funds outside of the IRA mm-hmm. and they might have less let's call it less funds of their portfolio tied up in an IRA and they just don't want that doggone RMD. Yeah. You know, and right. so they can repurpose that and make sure that one, they don't take that RMD and then two, they make sure they have a guaranteed income stream. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So um, one last thing then, since you already broke out the live long and prosper and, and <laughs> you've told us that you've got to recertify your CFS could you, I know we don't have this on video, but could you do the Vulcan death grip on Logan <laughs> until he almost passes out? Yeah. No? Yeah, well, um, that's that's a show for the radio, right? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So since it's not going to be 
yeah. televised anywhere. There we'll, you just, go. we'll just push it on yeah. and, and move on, right? We're going to move past we'll the... We'll see you another day. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You All can these tell Logan's, Logan's good. Let's just move on. I don't really <laughs> want to go through that right now. There you go. All right. Well, um, so it uh, <laughs> sounded like a great idea to me, and um sad that I missed that. <laughs> uh, we've got some questions, and uh, again, you know, we've already given you how you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from uh, our listeners. We've got a question here. Pacey from Brookhaven asks, uh, where do you stand on taking social security... Social Security, I'll get it out, Uh, early at 62. I still work, however, it's an hourly job because of my health. Some weeks I can work 40 hours, other weeks uh, it can be 15. I'd say the average is about 20 to 25. So, Logan, have you got uh, any any help for that? It really comes down to how much do you earn, even if you're only working 20 hours a week. Because currently, if you earn more than $17,640 in 2019, your, if you earn more than that, your benefit is reduced by $1 for every $2 you're over that cap. So essentially, if you're making forty to 50000 your benefits pretty much will be just kind of taken away from you until you reach full retirement age. Okay. So, I mean, if you're making less than that and you need the extra income, it might make sense to take it. But if you're making more, you're kind of just penalizing yourself. For later years. For later years. When you can make more just by waiting, I guess, right? All right. Well, uh, that gets us uh, through that particular question. I tell you what, we've got a few things that we still would like to answer, but uh, we're going to take a real quick break. And when we get back, we will uh, talk a little bit about various other financial questions. How about that? You're listening to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. Listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jim Crone, who's petting himself or something. I'm not going to the hair off my uh, the hair. My, yeah, my, my anybody jacket. that knows Jim knows he's a very hairy guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a fun one. I yeah. used to be. Yeah, a yeah. long time ago. Long time right? ago, yeah. before I got an insurance. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, uh, Jim is Jim. Yeah. Jim is very aerodynamic these days. We'll call it that. I love that. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's right. Um, and uh, we're also joined by uh, Logan Daniel and uh, guys. We've been talking about all kind of stuff. We've got a, a bunch of questions, and if you have your own questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, our question hotline you can reach us at 1-855-429-9166 you go on uh, you you call us at that number you'll hear our recording you uh, leave your own recording uh, including your question we play the question on the air and we'll answer right behind it Um, you if you want to talk to a human being you can do that call in 770-429-9166 ask for kelly lynn or the radio show and uh she will get your information and your question and get it to us and we can uh, answer that online as well um if you don't want to call and talk to anybody you can email 
And the email address is drgenehensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go online to our website, hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And you can see if we've got some answers uploaded for you. If it's a broad enough topic, we generally do. So uh, lots of information on there. You can go on and and, uh, check us out. And I think they usually put our pictures from the show uh, on the website, too. I'm looking at Kelly Lynn. She says no, so uh, maybe maybe not. But you could probably find uh, what I look like. I mean, you know, nearly so handsome as ah there it's you like go. they're on social, social media social media says the uh producer yeah. um i've strategically started using those pictures of mine from when i was 25 oh is that it yeah, yeah. so so you don't look as aerodynamic <laughs> that's right right yeah. okay well uh, the rest of us i don't even try to hide <laughs> I, i've gotten on you know i'm unashamed of my uh the fact that that's i have a face me. for radio amen i'm um, with you yeah but uh, anyway, you want to look at somebody, I, Logan, I guess. Go ahead. There you go. But uh, we have a question today from uh, Jeremy from Roswell. He says, I've uh, thought it was really good. Uh, I have what I thought was a really good life insurance policy, but I recently read that my insurance company's ratings fell. Can you explain how insurance companies are rated, and do I really need to worry about this? Great question. Yeah, Jim, you deal with this all the time, and yep. and being independent as you are, I assume right. that you look at those ratings, sure especially when you're trying to, to sell a new policy. Sure. There are a number of rating agencies in the marketplace today. AMBEST is probably one of the most well-known. S&P sure. is also mm-hmm. very well-known. There are other ones that are much more um, in, uh, industry-specific. Weiss yeah. is one that yeah. does a lot of research. Um and what I think you're going to find is um, there's a lot of very similar consistencies, right? When one rating agency finds something, most often it's it's consistently you're seeing that across with these other agencies. And this is usually like liquidity issues within the company, right. so uh, or or uh, you know just the quality of the assets that they hold. Correct. So. Yeah. Regulation does factor into that, right? Because insurance companies are obviously very regulated. They want to make sure that whatever the assets that are being managed by the insurance company are managed according to the rules and regs of how they're supposed to be managed. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, uh, we actually have a, a package, software package that allows us to do a comparison so that uh, these rating agencies most often will update on a quarterly basis. And so if there is a movement in one quarter to another, we'll be able to identify and see that and start digging a little deeper in terms of why, mm-hmm. know, what, what what happened here. Do you think that's um, common, though, with the, with the average insurance salesperson? Do they oh, look at it that closely? Or? Um, we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yeah. independent. Is that just because you're independent versus um, you can shop the whole market? I think it's one of those things, if you have a company that is you're representing or you're trying to point out to say you've got great financials, you want to tout that. That's yeah. one of the best things about it, right? Yeah, hey, right. this so-and-so company has yeah. high quality. High quality. Yeah. And, sure. um, but if, you're, if you don't have one that's uh, probably of that high ilk, the high quality, you're not going to talk about that yeah, too much. Yeah, 
And well, so, and and let's face it. I mean, it's just like banks. All of them have you know ratings from protection. Yeah, there there are there are uh, banks out there that are looking to raise more deposits, so they'll offer you a little better rate on a go. CD. Uh, or if if their quality gets to to you know a certain point, they start getting beaten up. Mm. They actually have to in order to attract uh, investors right. or depositors. They have to increase their rates so that uh, they they draw more attention. And it's similar in insurance as sure well, right? So yeah. so if you've got an insurance company that has a lower rating, um, again, you know, to to the the question that Jeremy raises, do you worry about when your insurance policy provider has a downgrade uh in some ways um i actually would tie that more specifically to a uh, a product that okay. i would work with so in my opinion our objective when we talk to clients about life insurance we want to have top tier high quality companies because those contracts i assume are for exactly. a longer period of time and you want much them to be longer okay so, so quality matters quality matters long term yeah exactly in those arenas uh particularly things like long-term care those are obviously very meaningful there too because you're talking about something that might not even be uh accessed life insurance or long-term care 30 40 years out in the future sure mm-hmm. so you 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 look at that so a a change in a quarter doesn't necessarily uh make me run out and make a change to that client right but at the same time we do want to see what their trend is you know why right. are they trending in a certain direction sure um annuities gets into a little bit more of a difficult conversation a different conversation maybe um because uh, there, uh, with all insurance, there are protections at the state level. And so um, in Georgia, for example, uh, an annuity is protected up to $300,000. Yeah. Sure. In terms of if you have an annuity that's a deferred annuity, your deposit is protected yeah. by that amount. Similarly, uh, when you're talking about income, a guaranteed income stream is also protected up to $300,000. Okay. Life insurance is protected up to $300,000. That's why when we talk about clients looking for a million dollars or something that might, you you, you want to go to the top quality companies that sure. have been around and had 100-year long history. Yeah. Um, so the short answer maybe to Jeremy's question is uh, if there's a market change in, in one quarter, it's not something that I get all up and tight about and make want to make changes. Sure. But it's certainly something that we we go in on the front end to make sure that we have the kind of quality company we want to bring to that conversation. Sure. Yeah. Now, Logan, to kind of tie this into other financial institutions, obviously, you know, when we're buying a CD for a client, we want to make sure that they're within the limits. Uh, we don't test the limits of an FDIC insurance, which is what two hundred fifty. Yeah, two fifty for an individual, and then four hundred thousand, I think it is for for a, a couple, yeah, if couple. I'm not mistaken. So, so uh, I mean, you have to concern yourself with those mm-hmm. kind of things, and and you know, you only worry about it when times are tough. Yeah, we don't, you know, uh, to Jim's point, those don't happen every day, but mm-hmm. you know. There is still a business cycle. We haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Last recession we had was in uh, 2008 and 9. Um, but but the thing that we were always uh, 
kind of in the back of our minds, making sure that we cover is is the potential for these problems. Sure. And Jim, you mentioned it; it's on a state by state basis. Uh, yeah. You know where the protection is. Uh, insurance is in, interesting in as much as you know where banking is uh, insured at the federal level. Insurance on insurance companies is really at the state level, yes. and they yeah. have what we know as a unfunded fund. Correct. And State guarantee funds. Exactly. And, you know, while there are no funds to back them, the way that that works, and, and the reason that I don't really worry about it quite as much, uh, although I'll throw some rocks at insurance companies, <laughs> they will they can use that word guaranteed in, in their contracts, mm-hmm. but it's really backed by the full faith and credit of that company. Yes. Not uh, where FDIC insurance would be the full faith and credit of the federal, federal government. government. Mm-hmm. Um, deeper pocket there. A deeper <laughs> pocket. But really, you're still talking about something that's uh, that's interestingly enough backed by the big insurance companies that write insurance in the yeah. state because uh, the way it works is if the fund needs to be raised, they do it pro rata, so the biggest mm-hmm. insurance writers have to kick in the biggest money. What usually happens, they they, they buy out buy the little out. guy. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, all right, well, that's all the time we have for our show. We appreciate you listening to Money Talks. Guys, what do you think on the stock market this week? I say it's going to go up. Going up. Logan says up. I like a new <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.